This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 17th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, what can I say about last week's premiere edition of The Rising Stars of Franchising? I'll tell you what I can say. I say this. Franchising, to me, has always been about the proper management of expectations. Always under-promise and over-deliver. Well, If Emily George did nothing else, she most certainly accomplished that. This young lady has the passion, poise, and desire to make a difference, and she could not be in a better place to assure that her desire to make the most out of every opportunity is realized. Given the culture and leadership at Franchise Business Review, Emily is certain to make a difference for not just the company and its clients, but will also be given the freedom to grow and pay it forward for franchising at large through the IFA and Women's Franchise Initiatives. This week, we return to the usual format, at least for a week or two, and talk to one of my friends of many years, 10 or 12, as best that either of us could remember, but one that I should have known much longer than that, more like 30-plus years by all rights. My guest today is Mitch Baker, Vice President of Marketing at Robex, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes to unravel that mystery with a big reveal. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of watching the clock and their wait times, chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. 
After almost 25 years, Robex has earned a healthy portion of the growing Akai Bowl, fresh juice, and smoothie franchise market, which has grown to over $2 billion in annual sales. They know what works and the kind of leaders that thrive in their fun yet fast-paced environment. What they look for in franchisees are difference makers, as committed to their communities as they are passionate about their portfolio. Here to tell us all about that and more is the guy responsible for driving the message, both to potential franchisees as well as consumers nationwide. Mitch Baker, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you so much, Dan. It is truly a pleasure and an honor to be here with you on uh, on this podcast, on the uh, on the soon-to-be metaverse, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that you listen to the podcast and you still wanted to be a guest. That makes me feel really good. Yeah, without a doubt, I've been uh, able to listen to a number of the episodes and there's been some great content and really, you know, some things that I've been able to take away, some best practices that other franchisors have spoken about, certainly on the marketing side and, you know, on the development side and overall, you know, some of the things uh, trend-wise where the industry is going. So they've been very helpful. So I'm glad I could be a part of it and help maybe contribute some things besides some fun anecdotes that I know we'll talk about, <laughs> but some things to your audience as well. Well, I appreciate that, Mitch. And we do have a bit of an anecdote to share because as far as I can recall, we know each other for a number of years, I guess back to maybe 09 or 2010, back yeah. in Buffalo, New York, when you were with Hurricane Wings and came to the National Buffalo Wing Festival. And I believe that was our first opportunity to become fast friends. And we've remained good, close friends ever since. But imagine my surprise, Mitch, when we discussed having you on, I took a look at your LinkedIn profile and found a piece of your history and mine that intersected way back beyond that day in Buffalo in 29 or 2010, actually back to the mid 80s into 1985, 86, <laughs> That's right. when amazingly, you and I not only worked in the same radio market, we worked for the same stations. We actually walked in and out of the same building every day and didn't know each other. How do you do that? How's that possible? We worked in the same building for the same people. I dropped, I don't know, a half dozen or more names on you just the other day. And literally, we had dozens of people in common. And somehow or another, while I was on the AM side and you were on the FM, we were still under the same roof. <laughs> And we didn't know each other. That's just amazing to me. You can't make that up. It really is. It truly, indeed, you can't make it up. It just goes to show in business what a small world it is. And further to that, why it's so important, you know, to keep a relationship and not to burn a bridge. I mean, you're right. We walked through the same door, said hi to Nancy in the front, the same person. And if you recall, my desk, it was, an, uh, it was a small building, but it was an open atrium. And my yep. desk was in the middle of the atrium and the sales department went off to the side. But yeah, I mean, and what's ironic, again, besides you, people that were at that radio station, like Frank Motek, who is now on the uh, KEBC here in Los Angeles doing the business hour. I know Frank and have uh, introduced Frank, in fact, to some of the charitable organizations organizations I've been here uh, involved in here in Southern California for a number of years. And we have been in touch in a number of radio people that are now in Southern California that were from South Florida. So it's truly a very, very small world. And I'm so glad that we're able to continue the relationship. You mentioned Frank Motek. Frank Motek and I watched the shuttle Challenger go from the newsroom. I mean, we heard the CBS news alert coming through that there had been a problem with launch. We had just watched the launch from the parking lot in Miramar and we could actually see the plumes of smoke going in separate directions. Well, that was a Frank Motek memory for me. Yeah, I know Frank often posts about that. And uh, yeah, certainly I'll, I'll never forget that moment. 
again, it was fun. You know, radio was a great proving ground for a lot of folks, especially on the on the marketing side. They sort of get your feet wet and especially you know, you're constantly moving and shaking. And on the FM side, it was we were the, the number two station in the market on the top 40 side. And on the AM news talk side, that was the only game in town for pretty much 24-hour news. And of course, you had some well-known local, <laughs> I forgot Neil's name, but you know. Colorful guys like Neil Rogers. Yep. Neil Rogers. Exactly. Yeah, we had a bunch. Of course. Of yeah. course. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, those were great years for me too. And and ironically too, those were the years where I left broadcast. 94 News was my last radio job. And then franchising came for me following that. So much more history there than we have time to talk about today. But what an amazing coincidence. And you just can't make those things up. So let's move on. Let's do what we always do on Franchise Today and invite our guests to take us back to another inflection point in time and share with us how franchising discovered you. So early on, you know, we talked about radio. I sort of got my feet wet in radio in the South Florida market and uh, had the opportunity to go to Disney. I always wanted to work for Disney and was involved in broadcast and bringing broadcasters to Walt Disney World's property to create some huge media values, literally. So the moment they opened the mic to talk about Walt Disney World and their experience, we were sort of running the clock based on the average spot rate to come up with the value of the types of media exposure that we were getting by by them talking about Walt Disney World and being present in the park. So I did that for a couple of years. Always wanted to move out west and uh, had the opportunity to join Blockbuster Video, which was really growing at the time. And for a really short amount of time, I knew, you know, of course, I wanted to be in marketing. That was my background and had an opportunity to work for a franchisee of Blockbuster. And that was sort of my first understanding of what franchising was. And I do remember I was moved from Los Angeles to Phoenix, where the franchisee had about 18 locations. And then the corporate arm of Blockbuster, I think, had about six or seven. We controlled the ad fund. And I remember specifically, again, speaking to the franchisee who was doing things very much in a mom and pop way. I said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I understand, you know, we're the franchisee, but the consumer sees Blockbuster on all the stores. And whether it's a corporate store or a franchise, store. They don't know that. So we need to be consistent. So that was sort of my first foray into understanding a little bit about franchising. And at the same time, understanding that even if you're a franchisee, listen, you need to be consistent for the benefit of the consumer because all they see is the name on the door, right? They don't know whether it's owned by Bob or whether it's owned by the corporation. So true. So I was there for a couple of years. And again, speaking of relationships, a very close friend of mine from back then, she was the director of marketing for the blockbuster branded music amphitheater in the market. We did a lot of co-promotions together in Again, because of maintaining relationships, we're so close and work together till today. Left that market, came back to Southern California, went to the American Cancer Society as director of marketing for a division that they had called Discovery Shops. And they were about 50 to 75 high-end thrift shops that needed a full overhaul and branding and local store marketing campaigns put together. And we did all of that and generated quite a few million dollars for the California division of the Cancer Society. So I was very proudly there for a couple of years. Joined Hollywood Video back into the video business up to Portland, Oregon. I was there for a number of years. And we were opening on average a store a day. And my responsibility was all the marketing from pretty much Dallas, if you drew a line straight up to the left, everything to the left coast. And we were just rocking and rolling and just moving so fast. And things started to sort of change and evolve. Joined Alamo and National Car Rental Company, which was owned by Wayne Heisinga, who ironically bought Blockbuster. 
worked for Alamo, a national car rental company for a couple of years, and they sort of decided to do what they, away with those positions. And right around, I want to say 2004-ish, started looking for employment here in Southern California and saw a position advertised with Robex Juice. And Robex was a brand, I think we had about 60 stores or so, slattered throughout the country, joined as director of marketing. Within about, I'd say about three months or so, or maybe even less, the vice president of marketing resigned. And I sort of assumed his responsibility. And we started to continue to grow and grow and grow slowly but surely. And just for reasons that made sense for me at the time, left Robex and joined Hurricane Grill and Wings. I was recruited there, moved to Florida, and that was another growing brand. Participated in the National Buffaloing Festival in Buffalo, which is where I met you. I met Drew. And I remember it was, gosh, not your typical Buffalo day. It was extremely hot. And uh, I think we won some contests that day, but it was a great opportunity. And literally a year later, the hurricane gig ended as it did for the president of the company, the VP of operations, sort of everybody got let go. But hey, listen, it was all good. And in fact, I'm still very close to Chris Russo, who's the founder of the company. To this day, Chris and I still speak on a regular basis. I remember Chris. Yeah, I came back to LA and uh, worked with a franchisee who was a multi-unit franchisee of a couple of different brands. One of them happened to have been Robex, ironically, and I actually knew him from Robex. Another one was Pink Perry, Johnny Rockets, Quiznos, and Instagram Coffee. And really what I did is run all the local marketing for his, I don't know, maybe it was 20 stores at the time. And really learned a lot because I took all the national programs and then had to implement them locally, of course, all designed to increase sales and focus on customer acquisition and retention. And then uh, went off on my own and started my own coffee and, and juice concept or attempted to do that for a couple of years. And as chance would have it, I got a phone call in late 2018 from the president of Robex, who I had known since the early days of being at Robex. And I actually did some work for him because he was a regional director at the time here in the Southern California market. And we've been in touch on and off as, you know, even though you're in a competitive space, you're in most cases, you still know a lot of the same people and made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. It was just the perfect time and rejoined Robex and I'm working now with a lot of the same people that I was working with back in mid to late 2000s. And we are just on a street on a hot streak. So we're just, I'm so proud of what we're doing as an organization, what our franchisees are doing and, and, you know, just the way the look of the brand is, the way the brand feels and what it's conveying to consumers. Well, you know, as a guy who has been able to reinvent himself a couple of times from industries and businesses like Blockbuster and Hollywood, who weren't able to survive as technology has ever advanced and those business models like the fax machine have gone by the wayside. But Mitch, you're still here and very relevant. And we're going to talk talk about some of those learnings that you've had on the other side of a break so that we can learn a little about the experience that your customers, your franchisees, and your teams have endured through COVID and into post-COVID and take some of those learnings that you'll share with us. But I'm going to go for one more coincidence before we go to a break. Okay. Any chance in your Disney years that you knew a guy named Brian Whitman? Yes, I sure did. I don't remember what office he was in, but I had done some things with Brian. So I think he was on the broadcast side. So Brian was the VP of special events or special programming for Disney, which is why when you described your role, I thought your paths had to cross. Brian, you should know, is an esteemed member of my National Buffalo Wing Hall of Flame. So he's a team member on our team too. That is fantastic. Again, such a small world. 
such a small world. And the other thing, by the way, I forgot to mention, I sort of went through my history, but how I found franchising, by the way, it, it, which you know may have been obvious, but was when I first joined Robex as the director of marketing in the mid 2000s and really got to understand what franchising from the franchisor's perspective and supporting franchisees was all about. Very cool stuff and so many coincidences and touch points in our lives and the three degrees of separation that some talk about in life. You get a decimal point in front of that three in franchising, don't you? You certainly do. Tell you what, let's do. Let's take that quick break that I talked about. And when we come back, we're going to take a deeper dive into Robex from the consumer's point of view and talk some about the marketing and how it has shifted and altered post-COVID. The conversation today is with Mitch Baker, Vice President of Marketing for Robex. And we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive set so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. And I'm back, and along with me, Mitch Baker, Vice President of Marketing for Robex. So, Mitch, talk about the consumer side of the brand and what it is in the space that you're in that I think is probably growing exponentially. But share with us a little about the unique value proposition that Robex provides. Well, yeah, definitely. Listen, first and foremost, Robex has always been an inherently healthy brand, right? Uh, selling smoothies, juices, one of the first to introduce acai bowls to the market, uh, wheatgrass shots, and, and things focused all with sort of a healthy halo over it. So I think, you know, that's the good thing and has progressed and excelled over the years as consumers realize, hey, guess they can have something that is good for them. And hey, that happens to taste good as well. And we like to say the best part of your day should be having a smoothie, right? Or a juice. I mean, think about it. A smoothie, a juice, a bowl, they're bright, they're colorful, they taste good. You know, first and without a doubt, our product has got to taste good. And it does. It tastes phenomenal, fantastic. And then again, they're good for you. They're healthy. If you look at the ingredients of the products, I mean, the fruits and the vegetables and the wheatgrass shots and the lemon ginger shots. So, you know, that's sort of the, the underlying uh, benefit of what Robex offers and what Robex uh, means to their customers on a regular basis. And which, by the way, is why someone can come into a Robex on a regular basis. You can get a juice one day or every day. You know, many people are in a juice cleanse program or they get a smoothie or they get a bowl or we've got an incredible line of avocado toasts that, you know, you could sort of take for lunch or for your sort of a, you know, midday snack. So it's sort of, we've got the diversity in the menu to be able to do that. One thing that we learned going into COVID 
is that, again, people are really focused on what goes into their body, right? If they're going to put something in their body, if they're going to venture out in some cases or order through delivery, they want it to be good for them. And certainly without a doubt, they want it to be great tasting. So I think that's where a lot of success came from. What is it competitively that makes Robex stand out? As the smoothie business has grown and expanded over the years, gotten pretty crowded in some markets that have multiple opportunities for consumers to find what they're looking for. So what does Robex as an early adapter do to stand apart and separate itself from that oncoming competition? You know, I think one of the first things is, is the look and the feel and the attitude of the brand. One of the iconic pieces of our logo is Harmony, which is a hummingbird. And it sort of is the representative of the look and feel and the attitude of the brand. So, you know, you just feel good, right? That's the first step. Second is, I think, the physical design of our stores. They're bright, they're warm, they're inviting. We've got wood elements in there to soften it up a little bit. We've got some fun, not too over-the-top colors, very comfortable colors on the menu board, easy to read. Our furniture package, again, very functional, very comfortable, of course, as well as sort of tying into the environment of the store. So all of that works. And then, of course, you've got the product. And the product is top-notch, top quality. Some of the finest fruits and, and um, top quality, of course, vegetables and ingredients that go into making the smoothies and the bowls and the juices and the avocado toast and the shots. So it's a focus on higher quality ingredients, our proprietary supplements and boosts and enrichments are, um, again, of the highest quality to help round out the nutritional value of any of our products. So I think if you put all of that together in a blender and you blend it all up, you've got a perfect success in Robex. So let's talk about COVID and what Robex looked like pre-COVID. And is there a delta between that and what Robux looks like today and how you're going to market pre and post COVID? Well, certainly the foundation of the product has been there and the physical layout of our stores have always been there. That didn't change. Incidentally, right when we launched delivery, which happened to have been in uh, January of 2020, when we really activated our full-on delivery programs, about a month later, COVID happened to roll around and we thought, hey, listen, here's the delivery opportunity that we need to immediately accelerate the development of. So we launched it in January and, you know, literally a month and a half later, we had to accelerate the program across the board, enhance it and communicate very clearly to our guests that, hey, listen, it's okay. We're still here for you. You can still get the same great products in a different way through all the different platforms, the different channels via delivery. So that's just really one of the things that helped continue the momentum of, of being able to provide our products to our guests. One of the things that we focused on very quickly during COVID, and it was a decision that David Ronsley, the president of our company made is, listen, we've got to focus on our franchisees. Not that our guests aren't important to us, but we could always reacquire guests through different techniques and different tactics. It's harder for a franchisee if God forbid they had to shut down a store sort of to get back up to speed, right? To deal with the losses they may have, et cetera. So we really focused on franchise support. We put a hold on marketing contributions and royalties for a short time. We put together a package of elements for signage and communication and had a whole program with assisting them on the series of government assistance loans and PPP and all of those programs that were available. You know, we did a lot of the heavy lifting to provide them all the tools and the resources to continue to stay operating and to continue to make their team members feel comfortable coming into work every single day 
and conversely, our guests of getting our product every day. We, we did take a little bit of a bump, but I think once things started to balance out going into late spring, I think consumers realize, hey, listen, Robux is still here. Out of all the choices I've got, I want to have a healthy product. I want to feel good about what I'm putting in my body. I want it to taste good at the same time. So I think a lot of that has helped us continue to weather that COVID storm, if you will. In 2020, Mitch, my favorite word of the year was pivot. Because no matter who you were and what you were doing before COVID, even if you were built for it, you still had to pivot. There were so many pivots in 2020. 2021's favorite word for me has been frictionless. So <laughs> I hear a little bit of a chuckle there. What have you guys done to make the day-to-day -day interaction between a consumer and your franchisees and their stores frictionless? Well, let me actually go back to the first point on the pivoting. So the pivot point came going really, like I said, you know, right after we launched delivery and then COVID hit, we had to pivot very quickly in becoming primarily a delivery and takeout or pickup business. So that meant even, you know, with the extent of communicating to landlords as leases were being negotiated for new locations in securing specified and designated pickup areas that we never really had to worry about as much as we do now, certainly enhancing the way we communicate to consumers about the pickup model and the pickup pricing and the pickup subsidies, you know, certainly for franchisees to help mitigate some of those costs, a whole package of collateral to very clear to communicate both inside the store, outside the store, on social media, uh, on our website, on any points of communication to the consumers that, hey, listen, you could still get your product every single day. So that was sort of the pivot point. The frictionless part of it for this year is we launched a brand new revision to our app. So what that did is create uh, less of a friction opportunity or a frictionless opportunity, I should say, for our guests to be able to place their orders, whether they want to pick them up in advance or should I say order them in advance and then pick them up at the curb or have them delivered. So we've created whatever we could do to make the guest's experience a very seamless one. We've also implemented a, a system through our POS where we can literally flip the tablet, uh, the POS tablet, and it becomes a self-service kiosk. So we're implementing more and more of that throughout the system. You know, I applaud and salute your president for understanding the franchise side of business as he clearly does. Nobody wants to suffer the loss of consumers, but the consumer is really not the president of Robex customer or yours. Yours are your franchisees and those are who you serve first and the end users are important to the point you made, but it's franchisee first in terms yeah. of responsibility. So I really salute and applaud that. Yeah, so so do I. I think, you know, we all on the executive team, leadership team, as well as the franchisees have a tremendous amount of respect for David. Plus, here's the benefit. David was a franchisee and still is certainly very, very uh, integrally involved in that piece of the operational part of the business. So he understands it. And that did make a difference. And the one thing, you know, right, as, as a franchisor, you do have multiple customers, right? Especially on the marketing side of it. My customer is providing support to my franchisees from the moment they sign up. Well, actually, even step back. Obviously, you're part of the discovery day process. But without a doubt, from the moment they sign up in providing training and marketing support to them to when they open their stores, and then when they open their stores, 
I've got to continue to market to the consumer to drive the consumers into their stores. So it, you're servicing sort of a couple of different audiences continually, I think, uh, when you're a franchisor. Can we spend a minute, Mitch, and talk about the difference between acquisition and loyalty? So if you're talking to an audience, as you are, of emerging franchisors who might be limited in the spends that, that are available to them, what's your guidance in terms of what percentage of your marketing efforts ought to be toward loyalty versus acquisition? Well, in, in many cases, it could be, maybe it could be a 60-40 split. The, the percentage is going to constantly change based on how you sort of fill up your bucket, especially when you start out as a brand or as a location, you want to acquire as many guests, as many consumers as you can. Right, so you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in acquisition mode, and whether that's through tactics like doing a very wide net of a social media spend or targeted spend around your store's radius, or doing things like an EDDM program that covers a big wide net, getting into households, announcing that you're here, obviously attracting eyeballs if you're on a main location with banners or huge feather flags or big inflatables. So you want to acquire as many guests as you can. And then, of course, once you acquire those guests, you want to turn them into loyal customers. So if you're delivering on every level of the consumer experience, right, your store is perfect, it's clean, you've got a great team, you know, you're greeted, the product quality is second to none, you're making it a fun environment, you maybe have some cool promotions along the way or some special things to make them feel special. Those will help sort of reinforce and solidify that customer base that you've just acquired. And then you roll into the retention piece of it or the loyalty piece of it. And I think what you want to do is continue to retain those customers. If you've got a brand like Robex that you could have a customer come Coming on a regular basis, or at least every week, at the you know very minimum, you've got to continually do things to retain them and to remind them that hey, listen, we're here. We've got the products that you like. We've got the products that are going to keep you well nourished. And you do that obviously through the loyalty program via like as I mentioned, we launched a brand new app. So an app is one way to do that and continually bring offers to them. Not necessarily to give away the farm and constantly give them offers, but the great thing about having a guest on a loyalty program is that you typically understand who they are, what they're ordering, and most importantly, when you don't see them, maybe for two weeks or three weeks, based on the history that you've been watching them come in every week or every other week, you sort of send them a reminder or give them a notification in apps says, hey, by the way, here's a dollar or here's a free shot if you come in today. So I think both of those are equally as important. And they will change based on, like I said, you know, where you're at in not only the lifespan of your business, but where you're at in your level of acquisition. I would think too that just thinking without knowing any more than I do about your brand and your sales per hour, I would think that recency, frequency, and stretching day parts would be the way I might compartmentalize the things that I'd try to do to get a dollar twenty in value out of every dollar spent. Right, that is exactly true. And with our with our case, I mean, stores typically open about six or around six a.m. or 7 a.m. probably at the latest. So there's an opportunity for morning day part. You know, we'll position many locations near coffee locations like a Starbucks or coffee bean or a Phil's or a, a scooter or something like that to take advantage of not only that morning traffic, but again, we've got products. People want to get a juice to get their day started or a, a lemon ginger shot to sort of get themselves energized and immunized sort of for the day ahead and maybe pick up something to bring back to the office in the form of a toast. And then the carries throughout the day. So you've got the afternoon rush per se, people wanting to grab something for lunch. 
And in some of the locations, we found quite a healthy business into the early evening hours. And that's, I think, where you can get creative with marketing. Whereas if you know your slower times are in the, say, late afternoon hours, maybe you could bounce people back in the afternoon and say, hey, by the way, on your way back, stop here or give them a specific offer in the afternoon, stop by and get a shot or get a weak rest shot to round out your day or pick up a, a juice for the way home, whatever that might be. I want to ask you to spend a minute or two as well on how do you take care of your franchisee? in their efforts to recruit and retain hourly employees in this environment that we've been in now. Yeah, good point. I mean, as you know, there's, there's sort of a fine line as to where franchisor can get involved and represent themselves of actually hiring for the franchisee. And I think there are some other big brands that got into some hot water for that a couple of years ago. So I think what we continue to do is provide tools that they can recruit on Facebook, on Instagram. We have created a banner on our main website that promotes high We've created in-store elements that they can get from our Robex local store marketing website and actually post in their store on their door. We've actually done recorded tutorials that we put on our intranet where they could actually go and follow along and actually place ads on a, on a number of different platforms and have tried to be there for them every step of the way in providing extra value and elements to be able to recruit. Mitch, coming post-COVID and hopefully we are through the worst of it, what are some lessons learned that are things that have changed your business. Even if we go back to business as usual, there's got to be a couple of things that happened during COVID that will stick and that will become uh, permanent fixtures in your marketing scheme. What are some of those lessons that you learned that you'll never change again? I think the way we have to thoughtfully communicate with our guests, you know, there's a fine balance as well between sort of pitching your product and being thoughtful and considerate to your guests over what's the reality of the current environment. Not that we haven't done that the whole time, but I think you sort of pick up different ways of doing that even more and more. Like I said, consider the guest and also at the same time, consider of what our franchisees have to do day in and day out to get that guest to come in the doors. So the other takeaway is the layout of our stores to make it easy and continue to make it very accessible for our guests to, if they want to, have minimal contact with the team member or to have full contact and a full guest experience in our stores. Mitch, what if anything haven't I asked you that you might wish I did? Well, one thing you didn't ask me, Stan, is how is Robex growing? And I will tell you that we are continuing to really expand very rapidly and in a very healthy way all throughout the country. Just last week, we signed a multi-unit development deal for Salt Lake City. We signed up new franchisees, a couple of units in Cincinnati, a new market for us. We're on the heels of some markets in Texas. Very excited about that. We've got a number of stores in development ranging from South Florida to the Denver market. We've got some more happening in the Cleveland market, Arizona, the Phoenix area has got some stores under development and construction. So there's a lot of momentum and it's a very exciting time for us because I think people realize, hey, listen, the brand looks phenomenal. All the things I talked about early in our conversation about the look and feel of the brand and, and everything that it means to consumers. And we're in our 25th year right now. So we've been really focusing on sort of delivering on the promise consistently since 1996. So it's that whole look and feel of the brand and the products continue to be best in class. And we're always introducing new products. And from a franchisee perspective is the level of support and the level of commitment. And we recently had 
our franchise conference in Las Vegas in mid-September. And we had to postpone it, unfortunately, from May 2020. But we had our largest turnout yet. And the feedback from franchisees and the hugs, and it's the most heartening thing to hear. The feedback from franchisees on what we're doing is so well-received and is really making a positive difference in their lives and being able to operate their stores on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I can speak, of course, from what we're doing from the, from the marketing department's perspective, but I know as far as Robex goes, we're delivering on all of that from the different disciplines of the different departments. I think the thing that you hit me with that sticks hardest, you talked about that bird. What was that? Is it a hummingbird? Harmony. 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 Hummingbird. Yep. So that's the vibe of a brand that is so it's intrinsic, but it's so intangible, right? It's the thing that makes the marketing person, to me, a real genius because you've got to know what the vibe is. It's like your culture. It's, it's intangible, but you've got right. to make certain it's there and intact. You're so right. for me, when you said harmony, I saw Jim Bolden pop into my mind's eye. And <laughs> and that's what I think, you know, of Robex. I think of Jimmer and that's that vibe of happiness and harmony and singing to me just like I wished he could any day of the week. So I get that. And that's a tough job you've got, Mitch. And you know, I salute guys like you who have the ability to help a brand invent and continue to reinvent itself and continue to make certain that you're in keeping with the brand promise and what people's expectations are that you have to properly manage tough job. Here's what makes it easy. First of all, working with great franchisees. And I truly have got great relationships. I truly like our franchisees. I do. And it is a pleasure to work with them hand in hand and to help them be successful. Second, our mission statement, create delicious food that makes people happy. There's nothing negative there. You feel good about wanting to follow that and stand on that mountain just to have that banner plastered across it every single day. And they have a sort of a mascot or a representative of the brand in harmony, right? Think of a hummingbird. You never see a hummingbird just sort of sitting on a phone wire, right? <laughs> a harmony is moving, there's energy, they're bright, they're colorful. You just feel good when you see a hummingbird. So to have all of that together, it makes what I do really easy. Plus, I love what I do. And I like bringing sort of the essence of what Robix is all about to consumers and to franchisees every single day. And that's evident, I think, of what we put out as a brand as far as the marketing materials, the look and feel of everything. Mitch, what do you say to some contact info for those who may want to reach out to you offline? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to be a resource for anybody. M Baker, M-B-A-K-E-R at Robex.com. Awesome. And I'm sure you're on LinkedIn as well, right? I sure am. I knew that because I found this I-95 W-I-N-Z story right there on your LinkedIn profile. Mitch, this has been fun for me just to get back in touch with you, be reconnected with you again, and let's make that a habit instead of a random occasion. What do you think? Without a doubt, and I always look forward to seeing you at some of the large confabs in, uh, at these conferences. Likewise, Mitch. Mitch Baker, Vice President of Marketing for Robex. Thanks for dropping by. So at the top of this episode, I said that after a couple of weeks of special editions of Franchise Today, in honor of the memory of Jerry Darnell and the launch of our new monthly feature last week, acknowledging some of franchising's brightest stars, that this week would see a return to our normal programming. Well, at least for a week or two. Next week, I'll be joined by Paul Wuzar, CEO and President of VetCore talking about their very veteran-centric franchise opportunity. Then, stay tuned for more information about an extremely special episode, perhaps two, featuring someone that I view as a pillar of franchising. I'm talking about Michael E. Gerber, author of The E-Myth and dozens of books on entrepreneurship, and the very first book that I was told to read back in 1986, less than a year after I accepted my first position as a franchise development trainee. 
Michael E. Gerber will be joining us for a look back at the history of Emith from 1986 to the present day, and more importantly, in the second half of our conversation, a look at the road ahead for this time-tested and proven methodology. Michael E. Gerber, coming soon to Franchise Today. Remember to subscribe to Franchise Today so that you never miss an episode. Also, find me on LinkedIn or feel free to email comments, questions, or guest suggestions to Stan at SensibleFranchising.com. I'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at FRMSolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.